0: without mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback on our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram, and you can support us on Ko-fi.
1: Here we are. Here we are. We have arrived. (laughs) Um, Gosh, so we weren't going to talk about Russia... (laughs) <laughs> um at all this week, um we're no. just gonna do a little a little snack time <laughs> mm-hmm. a little little mini morsels about it, I think, at the top before we get to our main topic because we feel like it's a bit too newsworthy to just <laughs> not address, but at the nah. same time it it feels too uh too heavy and loaded and full of context and whatnot to just kind of casually dive into um
0: yeah, time. yeah. So,
1: because the news is is relatively new, and we already decided on our topic, and you know, we're not gonna.
0: <laughs> we can't we we just have our amend things. things.
1: Yeah, we can't just amend things, and also more might more may happen to to speak about.
0: Um, but <laughs> before you know. we started recording, I was like, we you know we have to wait for it to get like really bad, <laughs> <laughs> which is like no, it's just like. Definitely, to be clear, it's bad now. It's definitely mm-hmm. really historically bad. But mm-hmm. I have a sense that it'll be worse next week, probably. And if it's not, we can
1: talk about how this threat was dissolved. Yeah. You know, thanks to our allies and what you know. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. But uh, yeah, Russia's um, lurked on into, lurk, invaded, we'll mm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, Ukraine, uh, and Putin did it in a very trolly way. Yeah. Like, recognized um, these two regions in um, I guess I'll try to pronounce them. Mm. No, I won't. I'm Hungarian. <laughs> I can't pronounce. 23andMe <laughs> says I'm Ukrainian. Oh, I, I didn't know it. that. It's not, I mean, my grandfather spoke Hungarian, so I feel like okay. it's just... Uh, yeah. Either way, uh, Putin <laughs> <laughs> said he was ordering his military to act as peacekeepers in these two um, breakaway regions in Ukraine. So he recognized them as independent and mm-hmm. then said, I'm going to send my military to act as peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. Um And, like, leading up to to this, the reason that the U.S. and so many people were saying, like, oh, Russia's going to Ukraine, Russia's going to (laughs) Ukraine, Russia's going to invade Ukraine, is because they had, I mean, all that they had medic tents set up, they had medics ready, they had all of the different types of troops Mm -hmm. ready, they were doing, like, like, different sort of war tests, um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, decides to pop on in. And apparently um, in Ukraine, how people are responding is there are, like, parents on Facebook talking about putting stickers in their kids' clothes um, with their blood type. Um, According to U.S. intelligence, apparently, they sent a letter to the U.N. warning that Russia has created a kill list of Ukrainians to be attacked or detained if if it invades the country. Um, And that's released. Scary. Um, it it seems like this could potentially. It it, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It didn't it totally, but it feels like it did. Yeah. Um, and it really does seem like it could be really, really bad. And we're yeah. sanctioning. Um, yeah. Russia's really given us. They they like to give us our wheat. Um. Mm. But uh, ooh, yeah, it's still very early stages. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but it is, um, not seeming good.
0: No, no, it's uh, and ever since there was that sort of contested region, the um, the conflict of um, Crimea in 2014, it seems like that was a moment where. Putin was like pushing, pushing, pushing a little to see what he could get away with. Mm-hmm. And now he sort of was like lurking the Ukraine region and the two separatist, um, like contested territories. Uh, and by sending in quote unquote peacekeepers and yeah, peacekeepers. Yeah. Like really with tanks. And- oh, it's, I mean, it's so, it's so gaslighty, but it's also, um, you know, it's, it's like, creepy scary move when um trump is like saying it's a great it's a great move and like a genius you know i think he called putin's move quote genius um Mm. which is like okay um but yeah yeah it's uh it's just it's so scary and it, it it did seem like there have been so many news alerts that i've sort of not been really paying too much attention to because every two seconds the new york times is like pushing you know sending out a push alert about something but it did seem pretty significant that biden actually like called has called it today um an invasion of Mm -hmm. ukraine and he's so mild-mannered and that i think like that feels like a significant step yeah
1: he wouldn't be old joe wouldn't be calling it an invasion less
0: think this is going to be or it's 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 about if if there are any more troops that go from Russia into Ukraine at all it becomes the most serious like armed conflict since in that region since World War II so it it's a big it's a big deal it's bad and they keep they're keeping things about like it could cost tens of tens of thousands of lives and so it's just like Definitely, obviously, we're we're watching the situation, and it's super mm-hmm. spooky. So it just felt like we had to <laughs> at <Rest> least
1: mention,
0: <laughs> yeah. this
1: is happening. If you haven't heard anything about this, you should probably Google it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's it, it feels quite quite ominous. Um, so, and I'm sure there'll be it. It, it feels like there's going to be new things coming coming out on this more so that I feel like there was kind of this waiting period mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen it seems like we'll probably be getting more um more updates now but right stuff's sort of happening faster but it's very scary and awful and throw that on your 2022 <laughs> bingo cards y'all like yeah this let's do this now. Ugh. Can we all just can everyone just chill? Like can we not have any sort of invasions or global conflicts for a minute?
0: That would be great. And on the topic of everyone can everyone just chill? <laughs> Our topic for today was sort of based off of an article that I heard referenced um, from Bloomberg Opinion called Wokism Has Peaked by Tyler Cohen. But it just sort of was triggering a, like it, it it kind of coalesced a few things that I've been thinking about and wanting to talk about with you and kind of around questions of like the muddled state of democratic politics. I really wanted to talk to you about San Francisco, the recall vote, Canadian trucker, the Canadian trucker freedom convoy, and just generally questions around wokeism versus social justice and how democrats like really and this is like a question i don't have the answers to and i i don't even know how i feel about so much of this that i worry that it's going to be garbled i'm kind of like anxious that this topic as things are going to come out wrong or you know i'm just not going to express myself in the way that i want to but it's just because i really really don't know how i feel in a lot of like when 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 discussing a lot of this um but I, I I'm feeling so depressed about the state of democratic politics, and I worry that there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds that the le- that left left politics is kind of like inflicting on each other and like ripping each other down, not giving each other grace or the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, there's so much real harm being inflicted in the in like on the state level through different super conservative governments. There's like real. Um, civil liberties issues at stake. There's um public education under attack. There's like just kind of anti-intellectualism on the rise. And that's all very real. and it's happening like in a concrete way through state legislatures as opposed to sort of like this war that the right is winning when it comes to hearts and minds over masks and education, critical race theory. They just get to like yell, trigger words and that suddenly becomes the discourse we all have to respond to so anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> let's
1: dive in yeah yeah I, I feel that the, this idea of wokeism and how it's been sort of demonized is definitely a product of of the right and in part I think to obfuscate what they're actually doing Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're creating a mountain out of molehill while they're, like, <laughs> over in their corner, like, doing evil things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the the San Francisco um, school board recall, so voters in San Francisco, they recalled three members of the school board last week. Um, it was the first time they had had a recall election since 1983. So it was, like, this isn't a thing that is normally happening. Um, obviously, San Francisco is this. Is known as a very liberal place, mm-hmm. um, and the school board members that they recalled um, were known to be "quote unquote" woke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the recall of them seemed to fall into like <clears throat> three main categories of why: one having to do with um, renaming public schools, which we'll get into a little bit more; one being with uh, certain tweets that were. <laughs> were tweeted, mm-hmm. another being with changing a certain school to a lottery program. Um, and with the naming thing, so in January, not this most recent January, but the one before, um, they spent a while debating a plan to rename 44 public schools, um, including one saying for Abraham Lincoln, Diane Feinstein, and critics at the time were saying they couldn't really understand why they're advancing a plan to have all these schools renamed by april when there wasn't a plan to have their kids back in the classroom by then and, um school superintendents were saying they were there were plans in place blah blah, blah. but it, it seemed that the big um i didn't see a lot of criticism of the plan itself to try to rename schools outside of the ones that were a little uh, factually perhaps um not there so basically they decided in 2018 after the charlottesville um that any figures who engaged in the subjugation and enslavement of human beings who who oppressed women um inhibited societal progress or whose actions led to genocide or who otherwise significantly diminished the opportunities of those amongst us to the right of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness should no longer have schools named after them um which is fair but it's also like quite a when you look at american history quite the yeah. collection of things. It eliminates a
0: lot of names
1: <laughs> which again i'm like yeah fair enough um however there were some like for instance um, Diane Feinstein they wanted they were going to remove her name from a school because when she was the mayor in the 1980s um, they said that she had decided to replace a confederate flag that was part of a civic center display and had been taken down by a protester however feinstein's spokesperson said that wasn't true and that the city parks department replaced the flag and she later replaced it with a union flag and there was another there, there were a several names at least on that list of 44 that didn't seem to actually meet the criteria with which Mm -hmm. to do away with the naming of the school um and I don't think that this aspect of things like the the anger around naming was actually an anger about like wokeism or anything Mm -hmm. I think it was parents feeling that their kids education wasn't being prioritized mm-hmm. and instead this was happening and that this wasn't even a productive use of time yeah um rather than some like San Francisco like decries wokeism no i think it was like parents were pissed cuz they felt like their kids education wasn't being prioritized and schools were being opened the way they wanted to and that instead they were having these meetings about naming renaming schools um Mm -hmm. and and issues with that you know like that's like the naming part of things I don't think was I don't think it didn't seem from my reading at least that people were upset at the idea of renaming schools it was more of the timing and how they did it and what they weren't accomplishing you know
0: yeah I think that's so true um it seemed like this had a lot to do with, and, um, who was the author? Clara Jeffries, I think, um, wrote a piece for Mother Jones where she basically talked about how this was, um, she said, if I had to boil it down, it was, um, for a vote to put performance over performativeness, um, and the renaming apparently coincided with, like, the, the, school board essentially really not working hard to figure out a way to safely reopen schools, which is another huge, huge issue, obviously for parents. And when they were watching a lot of other schools going back, it was the fall of 2020 and, um, or San Francisco schools stayed closed until the fall of 2020. Um, and there were, the board didn't really do anything substantive in terms of planning, even like, like just throughout the whole pandemic, Um, even as far as like figuring out how to distribute laptops or make um, just any sort of contingency plans that would um, help kids. So school naming seemed like such a performative cop-out. And then there seemed to be other things like um, how they violated the open meetings law, um, which is apparently a theme with this school board. And so it triggered a potential lawsuit. Um, So just like, general incompetence um and making um like just making a mockery out of a process that's like makes sense if you're going to rename schools so so that it's not people who are historic oppressors like that's great yeah. um not a problem but just sort of if that that can't be the only thing you're doing and maybe just make it like it's just gotta be one thing of many things. And certainly not the most important thing because again, like she says, like performative versus like performance. <laughs> um Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's like when you're <clears throat> doing something like, like
1: renaming schools that were genuinely founded on the names of people who were, you know, awful white supremacists and things like that, I'm on board with. Um, but it can't be instead of doing the other aspects of their job and I think in some in some instances like things are renamed and we don't get institutional change because people are accomplishing what they can accomplish mm-hmm. um, and there are a lot of things to get done and a lot of goals and a lot of things that do make a difference and in some cases that is renaming things it is deciding what to do with certain statues or paintings and and how we want to we don't want to destroy history but we want to tell history correctly you Mm -hmm. know we want to you know educate human beings on what actually happened and not some you know whitewashed retelling Mm -hmm. again with that being said if you're on the school board you need to be prioritizing your your students and that they're getting an education and especially when they were kind of like the renaming of schools wasn't always factually there right you know? it's like yeah they should they should <sighs> make a fucking list of all of the the names that might need review and then one by one decide who's getting renamed you know it's like the washington football team needed to be renamed mm-hmm. um i i don't think they i don't think that that was a bad goal of theirs it just was so out of touch with what you know parents are wanting and needing for their kids yeah at that moment in time you know yeah it's like you can if you go to the doctor's office because or you go to the emergency room because you're like bleeding out you you care that if the emergency room has a name you know that is <laughs> you know yeah. you, you care you care but at the same time if you're bleeding to death it's like i'm coming to the er for this reason the right. other things matter too, but you got to kind of prioritize. And if you're renaming shit, you got to make sure you're doing so with like factual and historical accuracy,
0: <laughs> right? Like, yes, I do not want to get my arm, uh, my broken arm, fixed at the in the uh, Mitch McConnell wing of the Donald no. J. Trump
1: <laughs> Hospital. That's, we um, all know
0: turtles don't have wings, you yeah. know. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I think that that's so so true, and it just seems like. It really seems, like, so widespread, the amount of people that they manage to piss off in a lot of different ways. And, like, Mm -hmm. this also shows, like, the misplaced – the way that people can, like, misdirect energy in order Mm -hmm. to try to show that they're um, – again, like, they're being performative and, like, in – being progressive or progressive politics um, to gain points that are kind of ultimately, they're not only empty, they're actually like weirdly regressive. Um, mm-hmm. There was like the mural situation at um, one of the high schools that had um, showed George Washington standing over um, native and I think black people in terms of, and, and showing the subjugation, but the idea was it was actually um, a progressive uh, painter from the 1930s and it was sort of definitely progressive for the time, but it was supposed to be critiquing racism and colonialism in the 1930s. And it's also at that point, if it's a painting from the 1930s, it has a certain element of history in it regardless. Um, and so it just was like weird. They were like, we're covering it up. We're getting rid of it. We're not. And like over, the whole back and forth ended up being. Um, like costing over eight hundred thousand dollars um of to the public school system which is just like underfunded schools just like i mean why are you wasting the time and money with this stupid back and forth um so yeah it's just yet another weird like thing that if i were a parent i'd be like what the fuck are you spending taxpayer money on like get the kids you yeah. know you, do, you obviously don't care about if, like my child's education, you know, which is like what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so there's that. Then of course, this feels like an ongoing thing throughout um, m- most of the, most cities. And um, I'm more familiar with like the New York public school, like gifted and talented kind of elite programs and how stressful that is for parents and, and, and students who are trying to get in, but um, they kind of they got rid of like the merit based system of um, admissions at what was it Lowell high school? Um, mm-hmm. And there are there are issues <laughs> with having things be merit-based, um, having having merit-based admission systems um, because it is exclusionary and it it um, there's there are ways to, try to figure out a better way to incorporate, have a student population that's more representative of the population of San Francisco. But it, it seems like basically what they just did was like, they just kind of got rid of the merit system and didn't, uh, didn't do it in a transparent way. And like all hell broke loose with the parents in the state who, you know, you have kids that have been working towards a specific thing for a long time. And apparently this also um, violated uh, sort of transparency provisions um, on a state level, opening them up to more lawsuits from parents. Um, So again, just like weird, weird incompetence. And then all sorts of politics between different people and suing, like one of them sued, everyone else and had like racist tweets and it just seems it just seems like a total morass (laughs) um yeah a a
1: hot mess and like the that lottery like i i feel like with that too it's i don't feel like the community was upset like wokeism has gone too far i feel like it was self-interested families and parents um who want their kids to go to these schools who have been prepping their kids and paying for because a lot of the if not most or all the the schools in san francisco there are a lot of lottery-based schools Mm -hmm. um lowell was an exception being being merit-based um and it, it it seemed also from um from the voting data that the recall was mostly brought about by parents who were mad about the change that Lowell like, and I feel like a lot of these things in San Francisco are, there are things you can extrapolate nationally, but I think a lot of it does have to do with like the local ecosystem there. Mm-hmm. And also with like the larger truth of parents. Yeah. <laughs> of parents are. Um, and you know what, what happens when you piss off parents um mm-hmm. and yeah the Lowell lottery was it seems to be the the biggest the biggest piece of that um and then the tweets that you're referring to so allison collins um one of the people who was sent sent away um <laughs> she sent out a bunch of tweets in 2016 she is black who said that many Asian Americans believe that they benefit from the model minority BS. In fact, many of Asian, many amazing Asian Americans, teachers, students, and parents actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. Where are the vocal Asians speaking up against Trump? Do they think they won't be deported, profiled, beaten, being a house N word is still being an N word. You're still considered the help. Um, so yeah, quite, quite the tweet there. I mean, they're, there is a god how far do I want to move myself from this there is a discussion to be had about like the idea of model minority and the idea of sort of pitting minorities against one another so that white supremacy can continue and mm-hmm. like there are discussions to be had here
0: mm-hmm.
1: Allison Collins isn't just like coming out of nowhere with this but at the same time like is through the way that she's speaking about this, um, is being racist against um, Asian people. Like, there, there is a conversation to be had mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be in charge of. Right. Because probably, <laughs> the, Yeah, white woman, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> I'm here to facilitate um, this discussion between Asian Americans and Black Americans. Right. No, that, that ain't
0: not even sure if we're
1: at the table for those uh no not in the room not in the building (laughs) not not in the state not my shit um but like there is there is like intellectual thought there and there are things to say there and there you know are historical precedents for you know basically white people turning other people against one another so that white people can continue to you know and that's what she was trying to get at but she said it in an awful way um basically like telling Asian Americans that they're shitty people who aren't doing the right thing because they just want to get ahead. Like
0: Yeah. Which really also just shows gross. poor judgment. Like for someone yeah. who's supposed to be a public figure in charge of um education policy in a city. uh yeah. not great. Not and the thing is good
1: like Chinese Americans came out in Forced in this recall election (laughs) and the the school like these people were recalled by upwards of 70 percent of the vote Mm -hmm. all three of them um normally these school board elections don't get a lot of a lot of votes and a lot of attention even like in san francisco but um a lot of the the people who voted who don't normally vote were chinese americans asian americans who um in part were incensed by these tweets that Alison Collins sent out, she was the person who was recalled by the highest, mm. the highest margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Lowell lottery at about half of the kids at Lowell high school are Asian kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's a whole heap of, uh, of complicated uh, shit in the mix, but I don't think that the, I'm sure there are individuals, but by and large, I don't think that the, the, the choice to recall these people and the anger toward these people had to do with like being angry about being woke. You know, I think people were parents were angry about other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco is still progressive voters still were voting on progressive measures, mm-hmm. um, voted to reinstate affirmative action by the highest margins in California. Um, so I don't think we can say San Francisco isn't liberal anymore. You know, mm-hmm. liberalism is dead. Wokeism is dead. Cause <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think that that's what this specific thing is about. I do think that that there is a conversation to be had about wokeism and what it is and what it is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel like all these, everyone trying, like making this about wokeism. I don't, I just, I didn't, read it that way you know i just saw angry parents
0: Mm -hmm.
1: who will like act who want to act in their the interest of their kids and their perception of the interest of their kids and are frustrated with the pandemic and with the the cost that that has had on their family and they want you know some sort of justice for that
0: yeah i i think i i agree by and large um yeah they're seemed to be a couple of self-owns um, with this story, too, where there was like also a, a school board member where there was a person who was wanting to be on the board that was a majority BIPOC um, and all-female but had no LGBTQ members. I'm reading this now from Clara Jeffries' um, explainer. She said that um, it was a gay teacher who was also the dad of biracial kids, um, and Collins the woman who got recalled at the highest percentage, felt that because he would temporarily tip the composition of the board to majority white, and here she says, here I have to point out that there were five five other positions that were open and thus it could have been quickly tipped right back. They blocked this, this man from being on the board. And then that meant that the volunteer board continued to consist entirely of women, all of whom were straight. So it's just kind of like getting tangled up in a web of, web of like your own making in terms of like it has to be this like we have to fill it has to be this quota and it can't be this it like and if it's like majority white for two seconds you know it's like unacceptable even though there's like so many forms of representation Mm -hmm. so that was another element and so i understand when people read that like those elements they're like oh this feels like wokeism gone totally off the railroad tracks. Um, And, but I totally, I agree with you. And it seems like from what I've read, like that was only one, one element of it. And it is like mostly angry parents in San Francisco um, feeling like the the board doesn't have their, doesn't have their kids' interest at heart. And that seems totally clear based on the way that they were wasting money and not planning for in-person learning um, and all of that. So I think that's like a good, that's good to kind of get that, Um, establish that first before sort of thinking more broadly about like you said like the conversation about wokeism um
1: (laughs) right like what is wokeism um in the in the bloomberg article you sent me the opinion piece yeah um the the wokeism has peaked in america they refer to wokeism as a movement that on the positive side is highly aware of racism and social injustice and is galvanized toward raising awareness on the negative side it can be preachy alienating overly concerned with symbols and self-righteous i repeat that because it's hard for me to articulate what wokeism is i feel like it has this like nasty after aftertaste now like Mm -hmm. pc does but it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, even looking at the negative side, it can be preachy, alienating, overly concerned with symbols, and self-righteous. I think that there are those. There are definitely those individuals on the interwebs who are, if you don't say things exactly the right way, no matter your intention, no matter your willingness to learn,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're flamed out. You know, you're yeah. done. You're dead. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. No room. Um, <laughs> But, like, I don't, I I don't know. I don't, I feel like this idea of wokeism gone wild is, like, this, this, I haven't seen that many examples of wokeism actually gone wild. In that article, they refer to the power of the woke. And it's, like, what power of the woke? Like, there there seem, whenever I hear about something being woke or someone being woke, it's always negative. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's always like wokeism too far, too far, too far. And you know, with the San Francisco schools, for example, like the re, if they had chosen to rename a school based off of factually incorrect information, mm-hmm. yeah, that would that's too far. But it's not even wokeism too far because it's not wokeism because it's it's just being wrong, right? You know, it's just doing something incorrectly. Um, I, I I don't know I feel like wokeism and being politically correct are are similar things where you're just working towards you know social justice and equity and there are some individuals who quote to go go too far I suppose but I haven't seen any of them legislate anything mm-hmm. I haven't seen these groups have any power yeah, do anything you know <laughs> it's like I don't remember when we like defunded the police mm-hmm. um, and that wouldn't be going too far in my opinion <laughs> but <laughs> just an example of like leftist politics you know or liberal politics or what people think is wokeism I haven't seen it go too far mm-hmm. anywhere like there's all this outrage about it going too far but like where has wokeism quote-unquote gone too far like where is this like socialist Cuba China place where like we're not it's not happening like there are, there are people there are definitely places on the internet where people are going to scream at you and be um, unfair toward you if you say something they perceive to be wrong and unwoke but like mm-hmm. I don't see any actual systemic things happen, you know it's like the point of social justice is to correct wrongs and Mm -hmm. provide equity and dismantle and remantle or you know rebuild systems yes um and i don't like we're not really getting to do any of that no (laughs) you know we're just arguing about whether something's too far this direction or that direction which is almost feel like a a clever ploy by the right to get us to argue within our you know to infight Mm -hmm. about uh, wokeism and you know and all of that rather than actually be able to get these reforms and things done that would actually address these equities I don't think people care about Aunt Shemima that much I think people care about you know, access to clean water and Mm -hmm. education, and we wouldn't need lottery schools if no matter where you lived, you had access to quality education. Like, these are all distractions, I feel like.
0: Yes. Yeah, I am so frustrated that the conversation, and I mean, in a sense, having the conversation tonight is also letting, like, letting them win, Um, just because, like, but no, I, I mean, I really there is something so frustrating about the moment that we're in because in a real way in the in the state legislatures that are majority controlled by by republicans um we are seeing these like fears from white you know white men white women um who are feeling like their power is being threatened because of this emerging multicultural society of America where like soon well, white people will not be the majority anymore. And it feels like they're, I keep thinking and hoping that there's what we're looking at is this like noxious last gasp of, of like this white supremacist roar. And, but like my God, it's like a really long roar and it's like Mm -hmm. really sustained Um, and looking at the way that, civil liberties i think are actually under attack in a more substantive and threatening way by republicans i mean there's republican controlled states are approving so many so much legislation at an unmatched pace uh right now to legislate what can be taught in in public schools in florida georgia tennessee texas south dakota montana they're banning books they're limiting access to voting They are trying to remove and diminish transgender rights um, and constrain teachers' abilities to discuss gender and sexuality in public schools um, and at public colleges. not not just K-12, and they're restricting abortion. And they're using, they actually are using the playbook that Texas Republicans used um, when they were, that law that bans abortion after six weeks and then makes it so that anyone can tattle on people. And then you can also recoup up to like $10,000 worth of your legal fees if, like, if you win. Um, and it's all this mm. whole, like, whisper network. P- there, that playbook is now being replicated in other states, not just to restrict abortion, but to um, help with limiting access to voting and the banning of books and discussing, you know, constraining discussions on LGBTQ topics in public schools. And these priorities are actually being enacted. There's my, one of my we see is kind of, is like this, um, these these policies that are specifically being promoted and I think will probably pass in Florida which is really scary um, but I I I don't under I I wonder because I while I I feel very strongly that the reality on the ground is like you say there are not as many instances, like real instances of, of woke, of the woke police. I mean, maybe they have more power on Twitter, but they don't no. have more power at the ballot box and in, in public schools or anywhere or in the state legislatures. Um, no. So thus, they do not have power. I mean, it does whip up um, a segment of um, intellectuals who I follow and who I find persuasive when it comes to there's um, I think people are viscerally upset when there's voices on Twitter or progressive voices who are like, you can't say this, don't say this, you know, we shouldn't be talking about this. It's upsetting to a lot of people's sensibilities to be like, why can't we say this? Or why, you know, like there's definitely, and, and there are, so there's conversations I think in like, Liberal institutions, liberal colleges that maybe go too far because they're trying to create safe spaces and they're trying to make sure that people feel like in trying to make sure that I think in trying to make sure that there are safe spaces for for everyone to exist, which is like good, a good thing. Um, Sometimes I think there's a there's an argument that I'm persuaded by that there's like, okay, but you can't like limit speech especially in academic you know in an academic setting but that doesn't mean like except it goes oh my gosh it just like whiplashes right back to our conversation about free speech because it's like okay great but that doesn't mean like let's just let white supremacists just like roam around being hateful and toxic in an academic Mm -hmm. setting um and because like it seems like hate hate groups are on the rise like I'm just like less and less feeling sympathetic for people who are like it's too safe of a space. <laughs> um, it just feels like it isn't. like isn't <laughs> it? Doesn't feel like it is. Um, it, it, I guess, and again, like I, I worry that it's like if it doesn't seem like I'm actually making a point, it's probably because I'm just sort of like circling the same, the same frustration, which is that in practice, in principle, the, what is happening now is like a roll of rollback of progressive. Of progress in this country mm-hmm. at the state level in schools. I think it's so, t- I can't believe we are giving power to parents in the way that we are. I'm trying to, there was a, um, I think it was Rick Scott. Oh yeah. Um, he listed today an education plan, he, an education plan for um, quote, inspiring patriotism and stop teaching the revisionist history of the radical left. Our kids will learn the wisdom of the US Constitution, Bill of Rights, Founding Fathers. Um, Public schools will not indoctrinate children with critical race theory or any other political ideology. Parents, not government, will choose the best schools for their kids. We will open our schools to parents. Parents must have the right to know what's being taught, who is teaching them, which organizations are receiving school contracts. No political or social indoctrination in schools. Teachers who refuse to comply will need to find new jobs. No public school will be allowed to discriminate against voluntary prayer or force children to check their faith at the door. Um, Public schools will teach our children to love America because while not perfect, it's exceptional. um, It is exceptional, it is good, and it is a beacon of freedom in an often dark world. Anyway, and those are just a few of the talking points of, like, Rick Scott's education plan. There are a lot of, like, well-meaning, smart people who I think are accusing conversations around wokeism of being kind of authoritarian in in the ways in which there's, again, I feel like It's the loudest voices on Twitter who maybe shut down other voices and are trying to shut down dissent and shut down conversation on like on the left. Absolutely. Similarly to the right. I definitely see it on Twitter and it is a bummer, (laughs) Um, but that's not the type of authoritarianism that is actually threatening like America's public education system, the way that Rick Scott's education plan is and the way that like Glenn Youngkin's, Virginia, you know, his his new focus on priorities um, in Virginia is. And I really want to hear people when they criticize, quote, woke agenda, because I'm trying to understand (laughs) what we're doing wrong or like how we're not reaching people who are also smart and moderate or smart and like sort of reachable people who should be voting Democrat for so many reasons, but are feeling alienated by some loud and like less welcoming voices on twitter i guess
1: yeah it feels like there's this like misrepresentation on what wokeness is or on what progress is and what it like represents and that allows people to get away with these rollbacks you know like and and for the average person who might not look that much into (laughs) you know what certain figures are saying if they are of if someone that they respect and admire is saying that wokeness has gone too far and is saying and is listing examples whether or not they are true or complete or you know accurate doesn't really matter people are afraid now that their rights are at risk i feel like there's this framing of wokeness being the end of your rights if you know Mm -hmm. especially if you're like a white dude right (laughs) you know wokeness means we're coming for you even though the you know basically like the definition of equity is we're all in the same playing field no one's taking away your pie white man we're all just getting some pies too Mm -hmm. um but i feel like this demonization of the idea of wokeness and and being pc and all of these things and, and of course there are like you said, like you can go to Twitter and find someone just really, really going over the top. And I don't mean that to say that someone shouldn't be criticized if they're, you know, espousing hateful speech. Mm-hmm. But if someone like misspeaks, doesn't understand it, they don't need to be like canceled for the rest of time.
0: Right. You know,
1: <laughs> and I and I don't think that that is the majority of liberal people or woke people that are doing that. I think that there's a um a vocal minority mm-hmm. um that are that are doing that and they become the representatives to the right of the woke movement and they can use that to to try to sell people on the idea that this is a bad thing mm-hmm. um but it's i mean what like wokeness is just i mean it's waking up you know <laughs> it, it's, seeing, it's seeing the world for what it is and trying to um to recognize where there is racism, where there is injustice, and and raise awareness about that, and you know, and and speak to people the way they want to be speak spoken to, and recognize people's pronouns, and like all these things that don't have any downside. You yeah. know, right. Who gets hurt by being woke? No one. Mm-hmm. Who gets hurt by being the opposite? Very many people, and um. I think there's just this the same way that there's the you know the anti mass crowd for with with covid um i I feel like they're there's similar people where it's just like don't tell me what to do mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and that's like an easy instinct to act on in people, and I think that that's part of what is done on the right is is acting on this idea of they're gonna take away your freedom and it's such a, a cliche but i I do think it to be compelling to people because it seems to work Mm -hmm. um because at the end of the day it it's just having empathy and trying to understand where other people are coming from and not be disrespectful toward other people it doesn't it it, it's not a big deal it's not a big deal and it's become such a fucking big deal and it's like i feel like if anything like this the entrance of wokeness into our conversation has caused more of a, a pushback mm-hmm. than an embrace. You know, you look at, like, critical race theory and what's happening in this <laughs> country. You look at how we've had, like, I think what uh, I'll get to it in a wee see, but I think more anti-LGBTQ legislation 2021 than ever. Um, yep. Wokeness isn't winning. No. People are telling you what wokeness is and scaring you, and mm-hmm. they're winning you know like have like critical thinking and don't just yeah no it's it's all very joe rogan to me i don't uh,
0: <laughs> i know and the thing is like and i i guess i also i get so defensive when i'm thinking about this too because it is it comes down to critical thinking i think and there's um, accusations by a, by smart people saying essentially that like to be someone who is trying to make, like, I don't know, trying to be a progressive person and make the world better and like is actually listening to different communities and trying to make things better. that You're not critically thinking that you actually come off looking as foolish as the people in the San Francisco recall. And I I, I don't think that's true. I, I do try to critically think through issues. I think part of why, for instance, like the pandemic has been so hard, there's, I mean, why there have been so many different reasons why different issues in the last two years, God, like, you know, after four years of Trump, and then two years plus of the pandemic, and all of these um, questions that have come up since 2020 sort of forced more people to really take a really good hard look at themselves um, in the wake of George Floyd. There's a lot of critical thinking going on and it's in it is in good faith, um, I think, for most people. and allowing bad faith actors to define the conversation and to not just define the conversation, but then win elections off of it, off of playing on people's fears uh, and and kind of playing to the 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 more sort of selfish, I would say like the lesser angels of our natures, I guess the devils on our shoulder Um, or the like, yeah, just the, the, the fears that people have that things are going too far. And like, it's such a burden to be considerate of others. I know that like mask mandates have made people really brittle. Um, and there are plenty of Democrat hypocrites, Gavin Newsom, the mayor of LA. Gavin s- wants a the party. They want a party, they want to go to the Super Bowl, and then they don't they don't want to open up schools for kids. I it's getting harder and harder to defend some of these people. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not saying we need to. And I and frankly, and none of them though are
1: what would be called like woke people though. No, like, no one's out here calling Gavin Newsom
0: Mister Woke. No, he's just pretty Cali boy, you know. But I think people are trying to make him yeah. a woke person because if he's woke, then wokeism is like fucked up, hypocritical, and wrong, you yeah. know, because he is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but no, no, no. He's but like he is
1: hypocritical, but he's not the wokest of the woke you know it's just it's a word that has lost all meaning because of how many meanings people like try to throw
0: at it you know yes yes i mean the canadian trucker freedom convoy Ooh. what the like freedom convoy, <laughs> freedom convoy you know came about because canadian truckers didn't want to mask up um and didn't yeah, didn't want that to be imposed on them. Okay, fine. Um, This has been trending, you know, it was a trending topic for like three weeks and I basically stayed stayed away from it, didn't want to get into it. What I really hope, what I want for like conversations moving forward with on Twitter, it'll never happen. Maybe I just need to get off Twitter Um, or like, and with people who potentially disagree is that we can, we actually can think critically about what people are saying when we're talking about when we're talking about mask mandates, when we're talking about um, the pandemic or woke, you know, what what is woke? Um, like, th- I think that there are elements of the Canadian trucker uh, situation that certainly were disturbing to me. Um, I think some of the some of the stuff that Trudeau did when he invoked the Emergency Powers Act, um, I think was overreach and inappropriate and I think that if Trump had done it um, we would we would have been horrified um, and it's it's a type of thing where he, he basically claimed the ability to reach into people's bank freeze their bank accounts and freeze the bank accounts of people who uh, would donate as little as25 dollars to these you know to people who were protesting um, as part of these like trucker freedom convoy protests um, now they were doing, they were protesting and using civil disobedience to make their point. It was blocking major thoroughfares and needed to be moved. And when you when you are protesting and it's civil disobedience, you know, you're going to get arrested. That is that is that. But um, I did want to say, I mean, I think that just because I find most of the people who, like, I don't fall on the same political side of the spectrum, I do want to call out that, like, that type of that type of overreach felt to me like something that if Trump did it, it would have been a like immediate, rightfully, we would have all like five alarm fired. How are you freezing people's bank accounts? Everyone has the right to peacefully protest. You know, you cannot like take that power. Um, so there, so I don't know, like it's it's definitely destabilizing sometimes to look and be like, okay, I definitely disagree with Trudeau. Taking the Emergency Powers Act in this instance, but we can contain multitudes. <laughs> like things are nuanced. <laughs> like <laughs> indeed,
1: there there is a gray area. There is a, an area of nuance, mm-hmm. um, and often we we live in inside that, uh, <laughs> that
0: area. We do. We do.
1: I feel like we've solved all the problems, but we've solved is there- it. <laughs> is there anything else that we want to? um speak to to this. I mean, you know, we talk about like how can democrats push for effective change um to, you know, support certain candidates, not everyone apart and all that mm-hmm. jazz. And it's funny because I used to work for the Democratic Party and now it's like I will I will vote democrat as long as there's a two-party system, but I don't even know if I'd call myself a democrat you know and I feel like that is is a reflection that I think a lot of people see at this point where you don't identify so much with the two party system Mm -hmm. Um, but I think where republicans fall in line um, people on the left don't and I think part of it is because of just not feeling like you have any like ethical wiggle room yes
0: Yes. But like the
1: like the way I vote for a mod- moderate Democrat is by telling myself like they will get they won't do certain awful things and they'll get me closer to certain great things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I s I'll still vote for them. But there are a lot of people who don't agree with that. And they're like, no, I'm complicit if I'm voting for anyone in, you know, conventional politics. And I feel like on the right, you've just got everyone like. We're you know we're together, and I think there is a bit of a reckoning happening with like the pro and anti Trump people within the Republican Party, but it doesn't seem to get in their way no. at least yet. In the way that like we just stomp all over each other, um, and I don't know the answers.
0: I don't know the answers. You're so right. There, I do know, and a lot of I'm putting this very much in air quotes. A lot of nice um, <laughs> women <laughs> who are like you know friends of my moms or my moms age i just like have their faces in my mind and i know they voted for trump you know and it's like because they just fall in line like there's just you just have blinders it's like well it's for this reason or it's for that reason and mm-hmm. um you're right i think i think for i don't even know how to judge it but it's like but people on the left do not do it do not do that and there's a lot more um we're way quicker, I think, to see the flaws or um, to to jump on people and be like, you know, taking them down for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, and I, I hope that we're moving away from a two party system, because I know that I know that there's so much uh, despair and um, disappointment. And it's coming from like people who are who I know and love who are more on the moderate side. It's coming from people who are more liberal. I'm certainly feeling Like, I mean, you and I are, like, try to keep relatively well-informed on all, (laughs) on the news, like, broadly,
1: Um,
0: on all things that are important. And, um, I was kind of, I was trying to look into the Canadian truckers. I was trying to kind of, was sort of like, okay, when did this start? What, who are these people? Like, what did Trudeau actually do? What is the Emergency Act? Um, Also, recently, I've tried to be like, what is going on with masks? Why is it different? You know, Mm -hmm. after two years, I've been like, why is it so fucking different state by state, county by county? How is this diverging from what the CDC is saying? Why is blah, blah, blah? But and, Mm -hmm. and that gives me a motherfucking headache. Like, it is not clear. And people should be forgiven for being confused. Like, yeah. It's a huge failure of leadership um, from both Democrats and Republicans, and from I think CDC bears responsibility and has let itself be politicized. Like, there's lots of reasons why there's why there are questions, why there's skepticism, and uh, it's just it's a brittle time to be here, caring, thinking, feeling, <laughs> all of those, hoping. All
1: of those verbs
0: <laughs> are exhausting verbs. <sighs> anyway i think we've uh, done a good job of, you know solving this solving it we have solved we've it solved um,
1: it <laughs> maybe we should tackle israel and palestine next week because we just yes. like
0: to solve this what's next call us jared know? kushner we're solving crises <laughs> crises after <laughs> crises. please oh never God. that's so gross i can't even that's just maybe i'll cut that because that's just disgusting <laughs> Feels gross, you dirty, you dirty little bitch You <laughs> love it. You love it. What I call it, you Jared. Kush, kush. Ooh, little uh, little squish, squish, kush, kush. Gross. Okay. <laughs> and now for we see you. All
1: right. Uh, I guess we'll begin. <laughs> South Dakota. Many heartbreaks lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Governor Christie Nome. Um, who, not coincidentally to what I'm talking about, just signed the first anti-trans bill of 2022 into law, Mm. um, which is a law banning transgender students from joining sports teams that match their gender identity, um, was asked why she thinks 90% of LGBTQ plus youth in South Dakota are diagnosed with anxiety or depression. And she said, I don't know. That makes me sad. We should figure it out, girl. (laughs) You just signed <laughs> a law banning transgender students from joining teams that match their gender identity. Mm. Um, a few facts. 2021 was the worst year in recent history for LGBTQ plus state legislative attacks, according to the human rights campaign. And they don't predict 2022 is going to be better. Um, in a separate study, uh, gender affirming care was found to be associated with a significantly lowered risk of depression and suicide. Um a majority of LGBTQ youth has said that their mental health has deteriorated as a result of recent efforts to restrict access to things like gender-affirming care for transgender youth. And um, there are many studies that have shown that discriminatory bills can be directly correlated to anxiety, depression, and even suicidal ideation in LGBTQ youth, particularly trans kids. Um, and there are, like, when I say multiple studies, there are multiple studies Mm. well done um rigorous studies so if (laughs) if chrissy doesn't know (laughs) she should know like (laughs) she's awful at her job if she doesn't know this and this is genuinely news to her um it is significantly more likely that she does know why the rates are so high in south dakota and that it doesn't make her all that sad um because she has chosen this uh And again, 90% of LGBTQ plus youth in South Dakota are diagnosed with anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. And we have proven links (laughs) to discriminatory bills um, being correlated with that. And she says, I don't know. That makes me sad and we should figure it out. No, like even saying it makes you sad like it doesn't make you sad if it made you sad we wouldn't even be here right it's so blatantly obvious what's happened um (laughs) it's not yeah no so like we see you to governor Christie, who's elected governor but is apparently unaware of these very basic truths
0: um lord gosh we see you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh all right Um, My We See You first is to um, Ginny Thomas, who is Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife. Um, The New York Times released today this really long um, article basically detailing all the ways in which she has uh, been this force for radical far-right activism for like 30 years. Um, she had played a role in the January six riots. Um, she had an effort in trying to overturn the presidential election. Um, she just, and, and her husband who's been sitting on the Supreme court, like knows all this and, seems to also endorse all of her activities. She also this is I think I had her as a we see you like a couple of years ago. She has a public Facebook where that's like she sent her love to all the rioters on J- January 6th. Like she is pretty vocal and vitriolic. Um and uh Jill philippic um in C- at um wrote today about on CNN that like we really need to have basic ethics laws that set out transparent rules for um organizations that file amicus briefs to the Supreme court, um, and then standards for recusal among Supreme court justices, because, um, the Supreme court, Qu- because this seems totally obvious, but, um, at this point, Ginny Thomas has, it seems pushed her husband. Um, she's helped to push her husband to the far right. And, um, he, he himself, Clarence Thomas has j- crossed a whole lot of ethical lines, um, as related to his wife's work. Um, She works directly with organizations that are taking cases to the Supreme court and that are heard and decided by her husband. Um, The New Yorker's Jane Mayer had detailed um, last year, uh, different ways in which Clarence Thomas um, is uh, heavily involved with a lot of cases that, his wife is tied to and his wife's, um, is tied to groups that have written amicus briefs. Um, and, uh, these are on issues from immigration to abortion rights, to affirmative action. Um, she's on different groups, advisory boards. Um, her consulting group has been paid by the same people who appear on amicus briefs filed with the court is really like her advocacy, um, reaches and, and her involvement is so far reaching, um, it's pretty shameful. And I mean, really he, sh- he should be um, kicked off the Supreme court, frankly, like this feels pretty obvious. Um, and I really feel like at a minimum um, chief justice Roberts should address it. Um, but there's not really a whole lot like functionally anyone can really do. Um, there's no real accountability for Supreme court justices. Um, but obviously Clarence Thomas has never been impartial. He's arguably the most conservative justice. And let's not forget he's, um, you know, he was appointed under controversy, um, and accused of, um, sexual harassment by Anita Hill. Um, Joe Biden is so motherfucking old. He was the head of the Senate judiciary committee for that in like 1990. um, So, yeah, I just want to call out, I mean, this, everyone should read the article. It's really long, um, because there's a lot of misdeeds by Ginny Thomas, um, and Clarence Thomas, who has made no effort to recuse himself, um, on any of these cases in which his wife has had, um, interests both financial and professional, um, and they both obviously have their own just inc- they or just like right-wing nut jobs. Um, and it's so unethical and outrageous. Um, and uh, we see you. We see you.
1: Um, <clears throat> Millie Bobby Brown, sweet girl. Oh, <laughs> what like. We you see did? you on her. Oh, she okay. didn't do it. <laughs> she didn't do it. The men did it. Don't you worry. Um. So, those of you that don't know, Millie Bobby Brown is an, um, an actor. She is uh, in Stranger Things, uh, which started when she was around 12 years old. Um, she's almost 18, which means that on the internet, mm. men are being fucking disgusting. Men are being gross. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Hate us already. I... <laughs> get so mad and i wish i could go back in time and talk to my god I, i wish so many things but so countdowns started um and there's a reddit thread uh that was listed as nsfw um for the one person listening who doesn't know what that means uh it means not suitable for work which means like there's something maybe sexual happening um, so a Reddit thread listed as NSFW teased it would only open once she turned 18.
0: No. Um,
1: and a user on a different form explained the purpose of that subreddit to post sexual pictures of her the day she turns 18. And there's a sub solely dedicated to sexual pictures of Millie, who is currently a minor, until next week. But they have a sub prepared already with thousands of subscribers. Oh. Um, and before this this Reddit, the subreddit was um, and there are more than one, but before this particular one was um sort of broadcast, there were already six thousand people subscribing, oh waiting God. for that. Ew. Um and I mean it's not like the they're still looking at pictures of her as a child it's all disgusting Ugh. um and it's not new i mean i think about when britney spears the olsen twins emma watson billy eilish kendall and kylie jenner trillions of other um girls turned 18 there were similar comments and countdowns on radio stations online um and it's these men sitting at their computers, counting down the days and the hours and the minutes until they can legally sexualize a child. It's so disgusting. And um, like, what is this? What does this say? Mm-hmm. I don't see countdowns of, ooh, this boy is going to be 18 years old. With all these like women commenting on it or, or yeah. even men commenting on it. Um, it. It feels as if we don't Respect the personhood of girls and women quite the same way. It's like girls are like objects in formation, almost mm-hmm. like a bunch of hungry creeps peeking in the oven, waiting for their frozen pizza to be cooked. You know,
0: gross. Um, the idea
1: that like this idea, of, like eighteen is sexy.
0: Yeah. This
1: this this idea <laughs> of that being legally old enough to have sex with, yeah. with the youngest possible version of that. Why <laughs> Why are we, we not being the actual we, Yeah, <laughs> but why are they so into this idea of 18-year-old, you know, girls, women, like the most malleable, the youngest you can possibly legally, I mean, I guess certain states, whatever, but <laughs> essentially the youngest that you can have sex with somebody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why is that aspirational? Like, it's not... There's a difference between, like, oh, this 20-year-old guy and this 18-year-old, you know, young woman are in a relationship to Mm -hmm. disgusting human beings on the internet who are significantly older. Yeah. Joining countdowns. Gross. So they can jerk off to pictures of a minor. (sighs) It's like she, 18 years old does not a, an adult make. I mean, legally, yes. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to jail. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, my God, I can't imagine ever dating an 18 year old, you know, in my, in my early thirties, no. even in my mid 20s I wouldn't, no. you know, it is. Yeah, it is the the ultimate just sort of objectification you know yeah it's like this object is right for the picking now um so i'm gonna go ahead and, and do it uh, and it's disgusting and it's not new with millie bobby brown she's just sort of the the latest i feel like i haven't actually seen it in a mm-hmm. while yeah um i remember it with emma watson i remember mm-hmm. the olsen twins i remember the jenner's um, they offered like 10 million dollars for kylie jenner to make a sex tape when she turned 18 oh, um yeah it's disgusting beyond belief um and i also like sidebar love the idea that the barrier is legality mm-hmm. and now these men are going to be serviced like by these these people that turn 18
0: yeah Right well,
1: now she's eighteen, guy, yeah, your time to shine, like honey, it wasn't happening either way, right, um but yeah, it's disgusting, and i I have never understood it. The older I get, the more disgusted I get by it, yeah, um, so we see you to the thousands and thousands and thousands of disgusting boys sitting at their computer waiting for her to turn 18 years old so that they can talk about jer- like it's it's also disgusting we see you yeah
0: we see you it just open every question that i have is just like so yeah. just it's such a sad sad road when
1: did they start this she was 12 on the show when she started right like wow. you're in who like you're attra- you're a pedof- you're attracted to children right if you're right. waiting for a child to become. And we're all just like, <laughs> boys, again. Like, no. No. No, no, no.
0: No. That's so disturbing. Ugh. Ugh. And anyone that has anything that's inappropriate is like, it's like obviously released without her consent, you know? So that then we're like also talking about like, you know, revenge porn. Well, and they want to or- f- like Photoshopping. Oh, God. Ew. <sighs> Ew. I hate, I hate the internet sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God.
1: And when you think about, like, the, the photorealistic fakes that they make now. like Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's awful.
0: Vile. Okay. Well. Your turn. <laughs> one vial to the next. Um, so, Governor DeSantis, one of the VIPs, I think, or the MVPs of uh, mm-hmm. our VCUs. <laughs> he deserves something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> A pile of turd on
1: his stoop. We can mix ours together and send him a blend. A brown <laughs> blend.
0: Um so in his fight against woke schools, um, he uh is pushing for laws. He has like a whole bunch of different laws um that he's trying to um pass with his agenda. Um his like florida lawmakers are considering bills that would allow almost anyone to object to instruction in public school classrooms um he wants to give uh people the right to sue schools and teachers over what they teach based on student quote discomfort um this proposed legislation is far-reaching and could affect uh even corporate human resources diversity training um it follows the general efforts of uh efforts to ban critical race theory which of course like just means whatever people want it to mean um in schools and uh this is something that also goes towards um banning um discussions of uh lgbtqia issues um and literature in schools um and Um, It's all part of, like, DeSantis says that he's framing it as his, quote, anti-woke agenda and pushback against, quote, a form of cultural Marxism that elevates some historical lessons while downplaying others, which is wild to me, considering that all it's trying to do is elevate um, a more accurate portrait of the founding of this country in American history. Um, That's kind of the whole... That's the whole ballgame. We're just trying to teach kids, and they should feel uncomfortable. That's kind of – if you're not learning about – if you're learning about American history and you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're not learning um, an accurate enough – you're not getting the truth of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And frankly, the earlier I think we make kids uncomfortable with the history, um, the more they're going to get acclimated to it early, and then it's just not going to be a big deal because it's like you got the truth so early, it's not – you know, it shouldn't be threatening. Um, DeSantis goes on to say the goal is to delegitimize, um, the goal of, of course, his, these cultural Marxists and the anti-woke, um, or the woke agenda police, um, the goal is to delegitimize the founding of this country, the principles that the founders relied on, our institutions, our constitutions, to tear basically at the fabric of our society, he said in a recent speech. Um, (laughs) so, um. This is just this is depressing because I think a lot of these laws are actually going to pass. Um, it's frustrating because even though we keep thinking Florida is a swing state, it's it's not. But it does have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of blue voters. It's a very culturally diverse state, and it it makes me really sad um, that. Um, It seems like there's going to be a lot of regressive legislation there um, in terms of book banning and idea banning and banning the accurate understanding of history. Um, And uh, it's just generally um, super toxic and disappointing. So we see you. We see you. (sighs)
1: All right. A couple of Republican senators um, have done things we don't like. They have? (laughs) Uh, I know. Uh, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. So. What? No. Those two?
0: are favorite. Our favorite.
1: Uh, yeah. Last week, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a confirmation hearing for some uh, judicial nominees, including Nina Morrison. Nina um, has been a senior litigation counsel at the Innocence Project, the Innocence Project works to free people who are falsely accused basically um ted cruz like this is one of the most ridiculous m- ridiculous things i've ever heard i'm so glad you're so, doing this one <laughs> yeah so ted cruz told nina morrison that she and the policies that she's worked for um so he described them as letting violent criminals go and that she is responsible for skyrocketing at crime rates homicide rates, burglary rates and carjacking rates in America. Um, And he asked her if she cares about the innocent people being killed because of the policies she's implementing. None of that is, (laughs) it is so far from, it, it is very opposite from what she is doing and the work that the innocent project does. It is borderline baffling. So she explained the point of the innocent project to free people who've been wrongly convicted for crimes they did not commit, mm. not to find violent criminals and break them out of jail <laughs> um, and you know if you free an innocent person, then you can find the real violent criminals that Ted Cruz is so worried about um and as Morrison pointed out, when the wrong person is convicted of murder, the person who's actually committed the crime isn't brought to justice mm.
0: Ted. good point
1: <laughs> yeah at, and at one point I loved this she reminded him that in 2013 Republican state legislators in Texas Ted Cruz Texas <laughs> unanimously passed a law named after her former client Michael Morton to help wrongly accuse people access um, exculpatory evidence in cases with proven misconduct mm. interesting interesting <laughs> interesting um <laughs> So, Josh Hawley joins in, starts listing crimes, murders, throwing rocks, gasoline, assault, looters, rioting, and blamed all of these crimes on Nina Morrison's work. He claimed pro-reform lawyers are innately pro-crime. Um, <laughs> sidebar he is currently fundraising using a photo of him cheering on the insurrectionists at the Capitol riot on January 6th great um no hypocrisy there none whatsoever (laughs) uh they're literally arguing that executing innocent people is going to drive down crime rates I don't Quite understand. Um, I mean, they believe that the, the death penalty deters crime, which it's proven not to. Um, so I guess it doesn't really matter who they're executing. Um, Gosh. And it's just, I feel like this is such a glaring example of like substance does not matter. Just say things you think your base will like. Ignore the facts. That's why I loved it when she brought up the um, 2013. Thing that happened in Texas with the law that was passed because it's like you can't no 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 Ted you are mm-hmm. so wildly misrepresenting things and you either you again like you know it or you don't either way we've got a big problem here um so we see you to both Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley um it, I it, I'm never shocked by these people but this was a real. Real interesting one there for sure.
0: These two,
1: they never miss a chance to look
0: real stupid. No,
1: (laughs) to be like, oh, you really, you're into crime, aren't you? (laughs) You understand the whole thing is making people that were wrongly convicted free. They don't,
0: they don't, because then also facts don't really matter to them. That's the thing, and it's like, but the like, it's can
1: how do we get their supporters? to understand what is true and what is not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we knew that
0: answer, we'd be billionaires. <laughs> oh my god. So dumb. Uh, oh, we see you. We see you. Okay. This one is just like a gripe of my own personal flavor. Um, so came out today that the Academy is planning to cut eight categories from their main telecast of the, um, for the Academy Awards. They're going to award these eight categories off the air. And that includes editing, sound, makeup, and hairstyling, original score, production design, documentary short, animated short, and live action short. And those are going to be aired an hour before the show begins. Um, and that's just um, that only leaves fifteen categories to be revealed during the telecast, and the ex- um, the reason that they they gave, they gave was uh, quote in order to provide more time and opportunity for audience and uh, audience entertainment and engagement through comedy, musical numbers, film clip packages, and movie tributes, a change in the show's production will take place. Um, <laughs> I'm. I hope that there's such a strong backlash uh, that they reinstate this because um, this is... This fucking bums me out. And I'm so frustrated by all the ways in which the Academy has tried to pander to people who don't even like movies, who wouldn't really be watching the movie. They wouldn't be watching the Academy Awards anyway. Just make it a show for people who actually are into film it doesn't have to be a big winner it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be like the super bowl it just has to be it's an it's an award show for films and documentaries so could we just award the films and the documentaries it doesn't you don't have to make it something that everyone in the world like watches and fucking is titillated by it's it's so frustrating to me it's just cuz there's not it's not like I don't know. The, the the Academy Awards have been on since like 1939 or something. Um and there's there's a lot of tradition. Um and I'm all for making things better and certainly I mean like being more inclusive and much more like diversity in terms of the um the people who are recognized. So all of those changes have been good, but it's super frustrating that <laughs> This is like the one night for film, you know? It's the film – it's – it's it's so diminishing. I mean, best editing – uh, I mean, there's but, – but really all of them. Really all of them. These are all crafts that are super important. Original score, that means that, like, you're not going to be seeing Hans Zimmer get it for Dune or whoever. Um, editing is just crucial for – I mean, they're all crucial for f- making – good films and part of what's kind of cool about some of these is first of all like with documentary shorts and animated shorts um and live action shorts it's cool because you're seeing like little segments of films that you would never otherwise see um and people who win these awards are usually like pretty interesting because they're like regular people who have kind of like been lucky enough to get nominated for o- a huge award, but it's a documentary short it might have been low budget they might say something kind of political or quirky or weird um they might get super overwhelmed because they're in front of a bunch of film stars um but either way, like these are all people who are at the top of their craft and this is their one this is like the one night that they get recognized and. It's not uh, – no one wants, like, another musical number. Really, like, no one No one does. I'm, it does and there doesn't have to be more comedy, more, like, banter. It just – just treat this with the appropriate uh, solemnity of, like, an award show that actually is about awarding the craft of film – that would be fucking great. It's one night a year. It's one night. There's so many sports nights. Every night is sports night. Every night is like, we, you know, this is the one night that we give to film. And you've managed to like really fuck it up. Uh, so great. Can't wait. Can't wait for the Oscars. <laughs> we see you. <laughs> we see you.
1: In good things. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we went through a few and now I forget what we landed on.
1: <laughs> I think not- what we landed on was Brittany.
0: Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was going to say, I, it wasn't Hank the Tank. But that's no, like a peep. And- t- Hank the
1: Tank is a very big boy bear and... <laughs> He's been having a lot of fun, and we're just hoping that he gets to keep his life. Yeah. And if so, then we'll talk about Hank the Tank. Otherwise, we don't want to leave this with <laughs> that trauma. Um, but Britney Spears uh, just signed a $15 million book deal. Um, and in, <laughs> in the scope of things in the world, it's not the greatest thing that's ever happened. But, you know, we talked about the Free Britney movement and the proceedings. And I feel like that's one of the only sort of larger news items i can think of that ended or it hasn't ended she's still living her life but like that that part of it sort of gave us a nice result and mm-hmm. the fact that she's got this 50 million dollar book deal um means she's got her own money coming back in again that her dad's not just going to steal from her um and that she can tell her story mm-hmm yeah. and i think those are both wonderful things you know i'm going to stay in her for the rest of my life um so yeah it was yeah. good brett brett i will i will be reading that we will be reading that i, I don't want to speak yes. for you but i feel as if we
0: will i oh, we will Christina. definitely definitely yes i love it i love knowing that the money is going to her bank account directly yes yeah, not to daddy no Ugh. <laughs> i hope he's off sure. just I don't know. Preparing for all his court battles that are coming. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Lord. We see we you see- Wait, <laughs> wrong see- section. <laughs> I'm
0: confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think that probably wraps it up for us. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.com slash podcast. Bye.